Welcome to Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time and determine what lessons, if any, we can learn from them. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing Book 18, Head Over Heels. My guest today is a dear friend and former roommate of mine back in the day. She's coming to us from Gainesville, Florida, Kate Boisseau. Hi, Kate. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. It's so nice to have you and to see you, to see your lovely face. Yes. It's a beautiful kind of rainy, sunny day here in Florida. Lovely, lovely. How are you doing this morning, Kate? I'm doing very well. I'm all caffeined up and ready to talk about this book. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you about it. Uh, Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Most of the time, I am hanging out with my four-year-old daughter, but I also very part-time teach for VIP Kid. And I know I'm the second guest you've had that's a teacher for VIP Kid, teaching English to Chinese students online. And then I also work for Operation Catnip, which is an organization for community cats. And we spay or neuter and vaccinate cats that live outside, return them back outside where they belong to live out their lives. So those are the two things I do. But the biggest thing right now is raising my daughter. Yes. And she is quite the cutie. Yes, she is. (laughs) (laughs) So we met... Basically, we just moved in together. We met through a mutual friend, but I think I feel like I met you really when I moved into the apartment that we shared with this mutual friend of ours, Luz. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, maybe I'd I met you before a couple times, but briefly. We were all of a sudden living together. <laughs> we were, and it worked out really well. It did. Yeah. It did. And we really became what I hope to be lifelong friends. Yes. It was a very classic apartment in Chicago, 9-11 Dakin. It was a great apartment. It was so great. It was so inexpensive. And it was by the train. I mean, it was a fabulous apartment Mm -hmm. to live when we were kind of in our, I think we were like mid-20s, early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s. I don't know. Were we in college still or not? I think I was still (laughs) in college. I think, and you must have been too, right? I must have been, Yeah. (laughs) I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in Chicago for 11 years and moved back to my hometown about five years ago to be closer to family, but then also to um, have a daughter or have a kid with my husband. So, yeah. And buy a house and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. It's been good. It's been good to be back, but we miss Chicago so much. Yeah. We miss you, but. I'm just yeah. so happy that we could still talk over Zoom yeah, about this amazing I know, and see each other's faces. Yes, <laughs> I know. Uh, I think when I was like 11 or 12, I was really into these books, but it was a secret thing. I would go to the library and I wouldn't even check them out. I would just hang out in the kids, the teen section and read these books. I, I felt like I needed to read like um, more highbrow books. And be more of like a little, a little grown up, but I was really into them, into the soap opera of it. You don't have to think that much. It's just fun, you know? It's yeah. just silly. Yeah. I would bring them home from the library, but I feel like I always got kind of like a side eye from my mom. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, what? And I was like, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> but at least yeah. we were reading, Kate, you know? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Any reading is good. Yes. Um, yeah. 
And now, now I don't have uh, as much shame about, you know, pulp. When I was a kid, I felt, I don't know, I felt like I had to be a certain way. So I'm glad I can accept a little bit of reality TV now and, mm-hmm. and own it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's a way to have both in your world, you know? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And there are some interesting things about this book that kind of make you think. And yeah, yeah definitely. We'll, we'll get into it because, okay. yeah, there's some really interesting um, questions I think that are so. brought up. Yeah. Some very mature questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So I look forward to getting into it all with you. So, yeah, this book is called Head Over Heels. And it's really centered around the blossoming relationship between Bruce and Regina. And we've encountered these characters a little bit before in the previous books and, I, and in the podcast as well. Have you listened to the podcast? Like all I've of- listened to all the episodes. Okay. Yeah. So coming in, what were your impressions of Regina and Bruce? Well, Bruce, I think of him as a rapist. So yep. I'm just going to put that out there. Yep. There are two instances that came to mind and I had to sort of go back through the podcast. And with Jessica, I knew he took it too far and it was, you know, not explicitly said, but it seemed like he was really pushing her to go further than she wanted and with sexually in some way. And then with Elizabeth, when she had her concussion, yeah, it was maybe a, a moreover, although I don't think the word rape is ever used, but he, there was even a mention of him keeping alcohol to make yes. his dates uh, more willing to succumb to what he wanted. Yes. So, yes. so he's really messed up. Yeah. I agree. Episode three was the one where he was dating Jessica. And episode seven, when Elizabeth was recovering from her concussion, that was, I remember that episode was the one where I was like, oh, this guy is like dangerous. Yeah, definitely manipulative and, and, and had put thought into it too. Like Mm -hmm. the keeping the alcohol, it seemed really screwed up. So I do believe people can change, but it's a little hard for me to believe in this story that he changed that much. Yeah. And that's going to be the big question to track yeah. is can Bruce change so miraculously? <laughs> because Regina is literally like the opposite of Bruce. It is like an yeah. angel devil situation. Yeah. I mean, they describe her basically as this angelic figure who can really do no wrong. I mean, she's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there's this description where it's like, Yeah, Regina didn't take anything for granted, as so many people did. She loved being alive, and it showed in everything she did. No wonder so many people liked her as much and were so much happier when they were around her. She was just like this glowing personality. and light, yeah. Yes. And my impression of her before was, I think, when the Maros were introduced and Jessica was very mean about Regina's deafness. Yes, of course, you know, people judged her for that, especially Jessica. And then in this world, if you're not quote unquote perfect, mm-hmm. you are shamed. Mm-hmm. So do we ever see, hear, read about when Regina and Bruce actually meet? You know, them being together was kind of peppered through maybe the last couple books. And I probably okay. didn't mention it on the podcast because it wasn't really that relevant so I think it was just kind of the thing people would be like oh Regina and Bruce are hanging out and they were clearly trying to like build this but there was never this moment of 
them really connecting for the first time, which I would have kind of liked to see because yeah. I don't understand why Regina likes Bruce so much. Yeah. Why like, is she attracted happened? to Bruce? What happens between them that makes it appealing to her? It's hard to believe. Right? It is. Because the way the book kind of opens is they're just kind of head over heels in it's love just, with each other. In love. Yes. Bruce says, I love you for the first time to her. Which is yeah. Like, whoa. And she's never been with a boy before. Yes. It was like her first kiss. Yeah. And, and it made her feel normal. Yes. And that's the thing, too, that she feels for the first time she can live this normal life. She's at a regular school. She's been to all these different kinds of schools in the past that were schools to help her with her deafness. And, you know, she can read lips and life is magical right now. Yeah. (laughs) She is on a high. Yes. Beyond high. (laughs) Yes. Which I had to keep reminding myself, like, these are teenagers that we're talking about. Yes. Everything yes. feels really big, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I can relate to that. Like, I can't relate to this world that much, but I can relate to the head over heels, obsessed, you know, every part of me wanting to be with somebody, you mm-hmm. know, Absolutely. sort of extreme nature of things. Yes. And this was totally my fantasy growing up, this idea of I'm going to meet some guy and he is going to just make life so much easier and amazing and everything will make sense. And that's what it's going to take to really have this beautiful life. And what came first? You reading these books, us reading these books or that fantasy? I don't know. I (laughs) I mean, I think that fantasy, it's like a fairy it's, tale. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Yes. yes. It's very fairy tale like with these two. I mean, it's like Beauty and the Beast. You yes, know? <laughs> exactly. Who says that? Todd? Oh, yeah, I think Todd he does say calls that. Him that. He does. Yeah. <laughs> because the people in Sweet Valley, everyone is a little skeptical of this relationship. No one's really buying this. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to believe. And it's mostly because they don't believe that Bruce has changed. Yes. Which, you know understandable because yeah I mean he really has become this different person and this infuriates Jessica because you know she tried to date Bruce and he wasn't giving her the time of day and then Lila's just trying to egg on Jessica and saying like oh I think these two are meant to be and Jessica's like they're going to be broken up in two weeks and Mm -hmm. and Lila does the classic like let's bet on it yeah And so she's like, if they are broken up by this carnival, which the carnival is is 12 days away, this kind of carnival that they're going to have at Sweet Valley to raise money for handicapped children that Elizabeth Mm -hmm. is spearheading. Yeah. And they make a bet that Bruce and Regina will be broken up by the carnival. Whoever wins has to write the other's 15 page term paper. (laughs) History term paper. Yes. Which... I don't know about those stakes, Kate. I, <laughs> would you trust someone to write your term oh, paper? No way. Especially somebody like Jessica or Lila. Right. It's like, what are no they way. thinking? <laughs> and of course, Jessica's very confident that even if they don't break up, she's confident that she can maybe make that happen some way, which is classic Jessica behavior. Definitely. She loves she's to always getting in there. Yes. She loves I to think, involve herself. I think herself. she's a drama addict. Yes, because I notice every time she doesn't have some drama, she gets pretty depressed. 
Interesting, Kate. She gets a little spark in her. And she figures out some next thing. She can figure it out, mm-hmm. figure out how to manipulate. Yeah, she needs a purpose that involves the lives of others. Yes. <laughs> and creating drama in the lives of others. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where she's going on this book. That's her journey. And, yeah. And then Regina is on cloud nine. She's feeling so good. Yeah, like there's this part where she says, nothing in this world matters to me as much as Bruce does, and I won't let anything come between us, not ever. And so she's she's in it right now, big time. Yes. <laughs> and we get a little bit of background on the Morrow family and Mrs. Morrow, Sky Morrow specifically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Sky Morrow used to be a model. She was a model when she met Kurt Morrow, who was like an athlete. And when she got pregnant with Regina, she was asked to model for this magazine. And she took a bunch of diet pills while she was pregnant. And those pills led to the ear tissue being damaged and Regina's deafness. This is tragic. That was heavy. (laughs) Yeah, so no wonder Sky Morrow has depressive episodes and these these horrible headaches. Mm-hmm. And she tries to hide it from Regina and tries to do everything she can to make Regina's life better. Yep. yep. She's just riddled with guilt, which is understandable. I mean, that's pretty intense. Oof. Very intense. And I was wondering if she'd ever been to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... I'm sure it sounded like she was doing her best to kind of keep it from Regina. But at the same time, how can that not affect that relationship in some way? And It has to. Oh, yeah. And so with all of this background, Regina comes home one night from a date with Bruce. I think it's 11 o'clock at night. It's late. And like all the lights are on and she walks in and her family, her mom, her dad and her brother, Nicholas, are like, sitting around like it's the middle of the day and they have champagne and (laughs) Regina's like what's what's happening and it's a strange scene because they're basically like oh there's a way for you to hear again one thing I want to say is okay the hearing again and I know this is not something to really focus too much on but they kept talking about here again here again I thought this was a birth defect it was no that's a good point did they say again? I might have just said that. No, no, you're they right. Did. They okay. did. Repeatedly, it comes up here again, here again. Okay. What's it going to be like to hear again? I guess maybe it per- got worse over time. It's just this. these books sometimes, little things like that, drive me crazy. It's sloppy writing. Kate's like, sloppy come on writing. Now. Get it come together. On. Get come it together. On. <laughs> No, anyway, you're right. I think you're totally digress, right. But yes, it's, it's really like weird. you can hear for the first time. Yeah. And so they tell her about this surgery that this guy, Dr. Mm-hmm. Max Frederick, he's yes. a Swiss surgeon. He's doing this surgery in Switzerland and they accepted her. They heard about her case and they're like, this is great. They are like popping champagne Everyone is just so thrilled. And then the thing mm. about it is that she would have to move to Switzerland for yeah. a year. Once they give Regina the news that it's going to be a year, you know, yeah. her reaction is a little bit, uh. <laughs> She does not want to go. She doesn't want to go. And of course not. 
I really felt for Regina in this moment. I felt like her family should have been more sensitive to that too, <laughs> understanding that that would be yeah normal. Yeah, she says, forget it, she cried, her eyes swimming with tears. For the first time in my whole life, I've finally been able to live a normal life. I'm doing well in school and I've made real friends. How can you expect me to just jump on a plane and spend the next year in a foreign country with no one but doctors to talk to? No. I know. I really feel for her. Yeah. Yes. And then she kind of storms off. And and I was just annoyed because the next morning she gets up and she's trying to put on this happy face like, you know, decision's made. I'm not doing it. And then she's like, where's mom? And the dad is... Is like, oh, she's still in bed. She's pretty upset by what you said last night. And uh, and I was just like, dude, give her a break. Why are you dumping this guilt on her? Yeah, she's having normal feelings. Yes. <laughs> Although then they did say it is your decision. But they weren't they weren't yes. really great parents. They no. weren't really great parents. They were it was like, like, oh, this is the best thing ever and you need should do it. But it's your decision. It's your decision. But your mom's just in the room depressed and not wanting to come out because you're not making the right decision. <laughs> but it's your decision. It's your decision. <laughs> Thanks. I think a, a better parenting move would be like, here's all the information. What questions do you have? We'll help walk you through how to navigate this big decision. Yes. That, um, yes. I, we will say that we want you to do it, but we, you know, we're not going to guilt trip you into it. Yes. Like, we're a team. Here, let's decide this together. We're a team as a family, you know? Yes. And as the adult, as the person with more experience, I know, you know, a little bit more about how to navigate this kind of thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, the Moros just didn't really, yeah, they didn't take that approach. But they did bring in this guy, Donald. They did. Who has had the surgery. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated Donald's approach, I got to say. Because he was staying the weekend there. And he just was kind of around... You know, yeah, he was available if she wanted to talk. Yes. He was like playing Frisbee in the backyard with the uh, Nicholas and and he didn't really he didn't really push her. But Regina still she's like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the surgery. And but she does not bring Bruce into this or mention it to Bruce because she felt like he was going to try to convince her to do it. Yeah. And she didn't want to leave him. Yeah. I wrote down this thought process she had. Yes, She said, because that's what loving someone means, Regina told herself. It means if you have to, you're willing to make a sacrifice for someone you really care about, like Bruce. Which I think is a big theme of this book. What is love really? Mm -hmm. And she was thinking, well, love means not getting the surgery and staying here by his side. And not telling him so that he, I don't put him in this horrible position. Right. Which I think is misguided. Yes. Explain that, Kate. <laughs> Let's dive into that. Well, I think that love has a lot to do with honesty. Yeah. And yeah, you, you have to share what's happening in your life. Yeah. Yeah. In order and to I have think... a close, intimate relationship, I think. Uh, <laughs> and I think. Seems right. I think I mean, that's. It seems right. <laughs> got something really big like this going on it's uh terribly dishonest and and kind of disconnecting to not share about it yeah i mean this is a big yeah life it is yeah yeah and so it's not like she could be present and have a good time with him right now anyway (laughs) that's a very good point (laughs) she was very preoccupied with this and jessica kind of comes in 
at this perfect time and plants a little bit of a seed. And yes. this is this is a very strange situation. This is so weird. It is. <laughs> so weird, Kate. Okay, see if I can explain this properly. Because <laughs> it is so strange. Okay, so not only is there this carnival, but there is a Sweet Valley Centennial celebration going on. And in sometime in the future, I guess. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's... And right. there is an election for a... Uh, I wrote it down because I'm like, I need to get this title right. Because it is like a title. It's like this... It is a title I've never heard I of. I have before. never heard of in my life. Hold on, I'm going to find it. It's the president of The president sort. of the Sweet Valley Centennial Student Committee. <laughs> okay. So we find out first that Ken Matthews captain of the uh, football team is running unopposed. Ken tells Jessica that Bruce has suddenly popped into the competition to the running for the Mm -hmm. president of the Sweet Valley Centennial Student Committee. And Jessica's like, oh, that's interesting. And I don't know where she makes this jump. This is very strange. It's very weird. (laughs) Yeah, so she tells Regina... She kind of comes up with a story like Bruce really wants to win this election and yes. he is only dating Regina to make him look good so he can win this election. To improve his reputation. Yes. Yeah. So Jessica's like, okay, that's the story that I'm going to go with. Yeah. And she tells Regina that, you know, she kind of does this thing where... Regina's talking about Bruce. Jessica's like, yeah. She's like, no, I knew I couldn't believe the rumors. And Regina's are like, what rumors? (laughs) Oh, no. It's awful. And the thing that seems to kind of make Regina take pause is this idea that Bruce has not told her that he's running for the president of the Sweet Valley Centennial Student Committee. Yes. Now, Now I'm thinking, well, she's such a hypocrite. Oh, I just thought I, I hadn't really oh. thought about that. But Regina is wanting him to tell her everything. That's a good keeping point. something much bigger from him. Uh huh. You know, the seed is planted and it doesn't yes. really affect Regina at first, but it starts yeah. to wear away on her a little bit. And she keeps noticing that he has, you know, ample opportunity to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Now, the kind of fight they have, oh. <laughs> I felt like it was a little extreme. I was like, this relationship is built on a foundation of sand. It just yes. it crumbled. It did. It. It's like what? It's very superficial. If that, oh. <laughs> I mean, it was a big fight. It was like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. She didn't. She take her necklace off and throw it at him. <laughs> Yeah, this is like in the car after the yeah. after a date. They're like in Regina's driveway. He's dropping her off. And, you know, she kind of mentions this thing about the election. And Bruce kind of brushes it off. Um, yeah. He's just like, who told you that? And she's like, what difference does it make? And he's like, I just don't want to talk about it. 
this chapter, there was so much in italics because it's like all of these characters internal monologue and i'm just like yeah. just say this like you just need to I say these words saying anything no. to each other there's no communication happening no because yeah bruce is like i don't want to talk about it bruce said shrugging in italics it says it was a po- supposed to be a surprise for regina when i won he thought i could just kill whoever told her yeah, yeah and i don't completely understand why this would be a fun surprise for her too <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, why does she care? It's a great question, Kate. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, what information have we learned about her that shows us that this is like, she, gonna be real? She's she, gonna think this is just great. And then Regina has this whole italicized thing where you know Jessica might be right. Why else would Bruce act like such a jerk when I asked him a simple question? He obviously has something to hide. <laughs> And what he's hiding about is the fact that he's only been hanging around with me until he wins that stupid election. I mean, this is all internal monologue that is happening as Bruce is sitting right there. (laughs) And then I suppose he's just going to dump me like all the others. I'm just like any other girl to him. And I was a fool to think I mattered. It was just, yeah, a lot of internal words that probably should have been said out loud. I mean, we do have to think about what parental examples they have, like, of c- proper communication and, and stuff like that. <laughs> that's a good point, Kate. They don't have men- have any role models. No, that's a really department. good point. Yep. Or very few, at least. Yeah. And then Bruce and that- gets mad, too. He says, I thought you were really special, and now it turns out you're just as messed up as every other girl in this town, which I was like, oh. There's the Bruce we know. There, yep. <laughs> yep. That's what's underneath all this that he really needs to address before he can be in a real relationship. 100%. <laughs> It's just serious like, therapy. Yes. <laughs> and after that, they just don't talk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's over. <laughs> yeah. You know, we haven't talked about Todd and Elizabeth's fight. Oh, my gosh. That was really ridiculous. I almost, I was like, it's oh, my. Yes. OK. <laughs> that was so dumb. So at one point, Jessica comes over to the Morals for some reason. Oh, I think to talk to Regina about to plant the seed about the about oh, the right. election, and and she's yeah. like kind of flirting with Donald. And, oh, of course, he's good looking. Yes, you know. he's very <laughs> good looking. And, and so she really is flirty with him, and yes. they hit it off. And she's like, "Oh, too bad you're not going to be around for the carnival. It's going to be great." Yeah. <laughs> And, and then Elizabeth and Todd come over later. Yep, yep. And Elizabeth and Jessica are identical twins. Identical <laughs> twins. Identical, except for a little mole. On like their shoulders. Right? So not even shoulders, visible somewhere, mole. Yeah. It's not like it's on their face. So of course Donald thinks Elizabeth is Jessica. Yes, he doesn't know. He's not from around no. here. And so he's talking to her in this really familiar way. Yes. And she's confused. And I don't understand. If you're an identical twin, I'd, wouldn't that be the first thing you think of? Oh, you probably think I'm my sister, Jessica. Yes. Then it's done. <laughs> Both her and Todd don't think this at all. And it creates this big issue between them. Yes. Todd gets super jealous. Dude. And then they don't talk at all. Yes. It, it was the, the both arguments in this book were just like, <laughs> what kind of relationships do you have here that was insane but i feel like they spun it 
<laughs> where Elizabeth was so stressed out about the carnival. She's like, I was too stressed out about the carnival to even realize that he thought I was Jessica. I'm like, okay. It's really hard to This believe. is so lame. <laughs> she was really taking her job seriously, which I thought was, you know, classic Elizabeth. But Yes. So she was going over to talk to Mrs. Morrow because she was the parent advisor, I guess, for the carnival. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when she dumps all of that on Elizabeth about yeah. Regina and her and her hearing and the surgery and and Elizabeth's like, uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I mean, you definitely need a therapist because like this is not the person that needs to yes. be hearing this right now. <laughs> that's so weird. I don't know what it is about Elizabeth. People are just like, let me just tell you these deep, dark secrets. Yeah, Elizabeth is the one that people just go to. It doesn't matter who it is. Sky Moral just dumps this whole thing on her and I was like whoa she's just trying to organize a carnival for her school all I can think is that it was timing she was Mm -hmm. just so broken down in that moment when Elizabeth showed up at her house that she just couldn't hold it in anymore so it didn't matter how inappropriate the person was that they were there and ready ready to listen so No, I agree. Yeah. Because Regina decides now that she's broken up with Bruce, she's oh, going to yeah. do it. She's going to do the surgery. Yeah. So- oh, and also, I really like this um, this part. I thought it described it so well, the way that Regina was feeling. The day she and Bruce had had their big fight, Regina felt as if a light had gone out inside her. Since then, she hadn't felt any joy about events taking place around her. She felt as though she were watching things from a great distance or as though they were happening to someone else, like a girl in a book. Oh. So I think that describes where Regina was at. And I think Bruce was kind of there, too. Yep. That's a a heartbreaking quote. I'm glad you're... But it's like, that's kind of what a breakup feels like. like. Yeah, and I thought, well, this is... This was the one part where I thought, well, the writer really did a good job describing what this is like. Yeah. Um, And so that and Elizabeth then is the one that tells Bruce about the surgery, right? Ultimately. Um, I mean, but he comes to her. Bruce does. Yes. Yes. And he's so upset and Mm -hmm. he confides in her. And then Elizabeth spills everything. Yep. Yeah, and, and now Bruce has to make that decision. Is he going to see Regina before she goes? And to to choose to not so that she could go and have this done procedure mm-hmm. done. Because he knew that if, he, if they reunited, it would make it hard for her. And she would not, she would not go. So was that, not go. was that Bruce's sacrifice? Yeah, so I think that it was more about Bruce making a sacrifice than Regina making a sacrifice. Interesting, yeah. So his sacrifice was more about that, about letting her be her individual self and do what she needed to do. Her sacrifice was like, I'll do anything to stay by your side, which just seems really codependent and yeah. and really um, kind of sick. Yeah. It does show a, a bit of self-awareness on Bruce's part. It really does. It that does. restraint is really powerful. It is, yes. But he does get Elizabeth's help for this idea of his, which he writes a letter. Yeah, he doesn't want her um, thinking the whole time she's there that, like, that he doesn't care for her and, you know, wish her the best and stuff. Right. Or that her suspicions were Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he writes his letter. I mean, here, I can read the letter. It's, I mean, it's, okay. you know, it says, Dear Regina, by the time you read this, it will be too late for you to change your mind about the treatments, and you mustn't change your mind, my dearest. That's <laughs> not for anything. Elizabeth told me everything, and I must admit that at first, all I could think of was rushing over to put to your house and putting things right again. I never cared about anything but you. I signed up to run in the election last Thursday, exactly five days ago. I was wrong not to mention it to you at once. But I wanted to surprise you if I won. I can't believe you could ever imagine my using you. I love you with all my heart and always will. In fact, it's because I love you that I can't explain all this to you before Friday. If there's the slightest chance that you might be able to hear again one day, hear again. (laughs) Mm -hmm, There it is. After these treatments, you must go through with them. I'm not selfish enough to let you stay in Sweet Valley for my sake, Regina. But I'm too selfish to let you... Go thinking badly of me. You must know that I've loved you with all my heart from the first. It's very, this is very, it's very like romantic and very high school. And it's, yeah, it's sweet. Afterwards, it says, it's not perfect, Bruce thought, but it's how I feel, which I thought was sweet. Yeah, that is nice. I was like, that's, you know, that's all you need. It's not perfect. Yeah. So that's Bruce's letter. And he wants Elizabeth to go over to Regina's and hide it somewhere so she will (laughs) find it after she's already left like in her suitcase or and she ends up putting it in like a scrapbook she does and it broke my heart how regina up to up to then is still waiting for bruce to show up to say goodbye at least i know like she sees elizabeth's car Mm -hmm. Uh and thinks well maybe bruce borrowed a different car because his car broke down that's him and she was like let down a little bit when she saw elizabeth i have been there (laughs) (laughs) And um, it just broke my heart. Yeah. She's got this whole fantasy in her head of how she wants things to be. Yep. But, you know, she does end up opening a letter in the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. We get our first airplane scene. I was excited about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, oh, she's on an airplane. Yeah. She, so she goes through the scrapbook on the airplane and she finds the letter and, and I'm glad she found it early. I'm glad, you know, she found it on the plane. I don't know what's going to happen with Regina. We'll I wish see. her the best. I am so curious about what is going to happen with Bruce. I'm very skeptical of this of these changes I am with Bruce. Too. Yes. I I don't know. I mean, because it's it's easy to feel like you're changed when you're in the midst of a fantasy. But like we saw when reality came in, the realities of a relationship, the when strain get hard. It's like he reverted back to that just old Bruce yeah. and got and nasty. He, he, unless he really addresses those underlying things. Yeah. I don't think this is really uh, sustainable. Maybe he can take this year to go through some therapy yeah. and that would, that would be my hope. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. They have a year apart where they can get to know themselves for yes. real and then reunite and be yes. stronger for it. Better able to communicate. Yeah. I mean, that's really all that kind of happened here. I mean, the carnival goes fine. They raise $800, which is yeah. great. Sky Morrow gives a big speech about Regina that everybody loves. Yes. It's oh, good. the turn paper. Yes. Yeah. So Jessica wins the bet. She has this moment with Lila where she's like, you're going to do a good job on this, right? And Lila's like, of course. I'm like, She realizes she didn't really think this through. No, it was this. And Jessica gets a D on the term paper. Yeah. Um, And her teacher says, I want to see you. Yes. So Jessica's not feeling, she's not feeling great at the end of this book. She says, I'm 16 and all washed up. 
Yeah. <laughs> 16 years old and over the hill. And then she realizes, oh, I can mess with Lila because Lila is now head over the hills, hills over, head over hill, heels. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> over this construction worker, Jack. So she's like, oh, I can get in there and really mess with Lila because she's vulnerable right now. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly she's ready to go. She feels great. Purpose for living. She's not dejected anymore. Now she's got something to do. You know, I think. And I feel like that happens time and time again with her. Mm -hmm. It's very good diagnosis. Drama addict. She is in a vulnerable spot because she is really into this guy. Mm -hmm. And Jessica sees it as an opportunity. Yep. I can't wait to hear it. Me too. I'm very (laughs) excited about it. Kate, what lesson? Do you have a lesson (laughs) that you can take away? I think so. (laughs) Two very kind of cliche things. Honesty is the best policy. And that love uh, sometimes means letting go. Mm. So I sort of put those together to say real love means being honest and wanting someone to be their best, happiest self, even if that means letting them go. Aww. That's a good lesson. I think that's true. I think it's very true. I want to say I hope that not too many young girls are reading these books these days because I feel like there are too many things in the books that are issue. Yeah. Um, I think if they can take that message away, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I think um, <laughs> there's a lot of other messages in this book that I think can cause some uh, some real heartache. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, What's your lesson? My lesson is kind of about decisions. Making decisions are hard. I can't imagine having to make a decision like Regina in this case. And once again, these people are teenagers. But I was thinking about myself. And I know it's important when you're making a decision to sometimes bring other people in, hear the opinions of others. But ultimately, this is your decisions are your own. And I think it's, it's important to take the time to really be quiet with yourself reflect on what you are, what your motivations are for making decisions. And because Regina didn't have the opportunity to do that. I mean, it was just like the decision had already been made. You know, she didn't even get a chance to do that for herself, you know. Uh, Something that's important for me to remember, too, sometimes in life. Yeah, me too. Wow, that's a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's crucial. And I think for me, one of the biggest things is getting away from people's emotions, other people's emotions yep. around my decision making yep. and really going inside, like you said, being with yourself and getting quiet. Yep. And having that kind of love and respect for yourself mm-hmm. first. Yeah, no, you're so, because um, Regina was, I mean, all those emotions were coming at her. That's the worst place to have to make a decision. 100%. <laughs> As an adult looking back, that is something I was like, okay, I got to remember about that with decision making just in general, whether it's a big decision or a small decision, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) So there you go. There's some lessons in there. Yay. (laughs) It was fun to talk about. Hey, that was, I had so much fun talking about this with you. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) I'm just going to close this out by saying, uh, please subscribe to the Lessons from Sweet Valley podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. This helps other people out there find the podcast. Also, please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to get updates and more information about episodes when they are released. 
Thank you again, Kate, for being on this episode. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And see you for Book 19 Showdown. <laughs>